UFC 236 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun dun dun! Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, basically anywhere where you can find a podcast. I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fightjunkie2006. So UFC 236 just got over. We did uh, two pre-fight podcasts on that. So if you guys are listening to this on YouTube, click the icon, upper right corner, that'll link back. The first one we'll talk about is the uh, Gastelum Adesanya fight. That was action-packed, pretty much from start to finish. We said going in that Kelvin was very durable, and I think he proved that tonight. In fact, in my opinion, that's the only reason he survived the entire fight. He barely made it out of that fifth round. You could probably say if there was maybe 10 more seconds, 30 more seconds for sure, he probably would have been finished. His game plan was okay in the beginning. I didn't mind that he was looping the, the punches because... As I mentioned before, Israel has a bad habit of pulling back with his hands down and his chin up. The problem is most MMA fighters, MMA strikers specifically, they just simply can't land it. His distance, his timing, his reflexes are far too great and they just can't land it. Gastelum actually had success, but a lot of that success came with a huge price because he had to test his durability. I didn't have a problem with that. And anybody who bet on Kelvin shouldn't have because he had to walk through fire. We said that going in. If you bet on Kelvin, you knew it wasn't going to be easy. If you picked Israel, you knew that he couldn't allow Kelvin to close the distance. Well, Kelvin decided he was basically going to fight an entire fight of just a striking match. He wanted to slug with a better striker. And he ultimately paid the price. Granted, he went five rounds. But you could see that he had to work so hard just to get to Israel, and he was taking so much damage on the way in. Did he have success? Yes, he had great success. And you have to give Israel his props as well because he was able to take those punches. Kelvin is considered a pretty decent puncher. He was able to take them. He was hurt, it looked like, a couple times. He overcame, he dug deep, and he actually almost finished Kelvin in the last round. But Kelvin really didn't rely on his wrestling at all. And people are going to point out, yeah, well, you know, Israel's stuff, the few takedowns he did. Yeah, but those takedowns, I mean, those were more like, you know, let me rest here type of takedowns. Let me pretend I'm going to take you down. But Kelvin wasn't interested in it. He was interested in striking. You could see it from the first round to the fifth round. Even when he was getting hurt and wobbled, he's still winging crazy punches and trying to take Israel's head off. I don't know if it's because they have personal beef. I don't know if it's because Calvin has fallen in love with the knockout shot and striking. But if you look over his last few fights, he's been tending to strike more and not even bother with takedowns. Even tonight, I don't really consider those legitimate, I'm going to drive your face into the mat type of takedowns. They were just kind of meh. They were just kind of there. He was kind of switching it up here or there. 
but I don't think they ever threatened Israel. I don't even think that they were legitimate, real life, like, I'm going to try to take you down takedowns. I think they were more decoys, or like I said, let me rest in this position. So basically it was a striking match, and we talked about this going in. Like, if you're going to fight an entire fight striking with Israel, you're going to have a very, very difficult time. And that includes Robert Roediker guys like you gotta mix it up you can't just stand in front of the guy let him use his height and reach and his his distance and his overall tools and ability with that timing if you saw as as the rounds went on he was able to land cleaner and cleaner on Calvin once he once he figured out his defensive timing once he figured out how Calvin was moving how Calvin uh Calvin was uh, uh making his advances forward if he was doing you know a one-two if he was doing a one-two-three if he was stepping back and then stepping forward with a jab he figured it out and you could see that his best shot tonight was the right hand so he started to light lighten him up with the right hand round after round after round now Calvin is super tough it's one of the reasons I said on paper Calvin had the characteristics that would give Israel problems and he gave him problems without even wrestling so imagine had he really mixed up and put some wrestling in there. I'm talking real wrestling, like real double legs, real single leg, real threats. Even if he didn't get them, real threats. I believe it would have opened up those headshots that he was looking for. Because you saw with the height and reach disadvantage that he was at, he had a terrible time closing the distance most of the time. He needed Israel to be standing flat-footed. I thought there were times where Israel was flat-footed and he looked a little fatigued. He did take a lot of big shots as well, so that's expected. And then Kelvin was able to throw those looping punches and touch Israel. But when Israel was right and and felt good and had his uh, his, um, faculties about him, Kelvin couldn't touch him. He was hitting the air. And that's a problem. So Kelvin needed to mix it up. Just like Israel was able to mix it up. At times Israel went forward. At times it went back. At times he stood flat footed. At times he was on his toes. At times he had to be completely defensive when Kelvin was coming at him. At times he counterpunched. At times he just made a miss and didn't counter. Kelvin was basically doing the same thing over and over and over again. And when you're in with an elite striker like Israel is, they're going to figure that out. It may take them a round. It may take them two rounds, but they're going to figure it out. If you don't switch it up, they're going to figure out that timing. They're going to figure out exactly what pattern you're using over and over again. And they're going to take advantage of it. And that's another thing we talked about with striking IQ, man. There's a big difference where he comes from, what he's learned versus MMA strikers. I'm sorry. It's true. That's why to have a striker versus striker in an MMA match against Israel, you're going to have to catch him with something, man. Because just to be able to beat him over five rounds in a pure striking match is going to be very, very difficult. You're going to have to be a very high, high level striker or have some super thunder punch and just hope that you're getting your ass kicked but you land one punch and you blast them out. That's in all honesty. That's why you need somebody who's going to be able to mix it up, who who has the ability to absorb the punches like Calvin did. 
That's another thing. How many people can take that kind of punishment that Calvin did? So you got to have this ability to absorb all this punishment. You got to have the ability to at least threaten with takedowns, even if you don't get them. Obviously, you want to have a good ground and pound or submission game in case you do get him on the ground. You want to be able to keep him there. So wrestling and or jujitsu combination of both is going to be important. You're going to need some type of clinch game if you can't get him down. So at the very least, you can mix it up by getting close, bullying him to the cage, and doing some nice dirty boxing on the inside. You need a real perfect game plan. you got to have a lot of tools to beat this guy because his striking is so good. And I'm not going to go as far as saying his takedown defense is awesome. I mean, it's 90%. But how many people are really shooting those type of takedowns on him? That's the thing, like... You know, like maybe like Romero and even Romero has gotten in the habit of striking way more than what he should. So a lot of times these wrestlers, once they once they learn striking, a lot of times they're short and they're stocky and they're powerful. So when they learn striking and they start hitting people and knocking them out, they fall in love with it. So I think that was the big tactical mistake tonight from Calvin. Not that he didn't do good. It was a great fight. And going to the last round, a lot of people probably had it 2-2 going into the last round. I think the last round, you probably score it 10-8. And I don't think uh, anybody would say that Israel didn't win. But he kept it close. He kept it competitive. He was live. It was that durability, that grit, that heart. And of course, his punching power, he should have just added in the sprinkle of legitimate threats to take down. Even in the clinch position, you could see like there was really nothing there. There was no serious drop down. There was no serious threats of trips. He just really was focused on striking tonight. And he should have learned from the rest of the people that has fought Israel up to this point. It's going to be very difficult to outstrike him, especially over five rounds. I have no problem if you want to mix it in there. He has power. Throw those looping shots, but mix in the other things. Israel keeps his hands down, his chin up anyway. So you want him to keep those hands down and be focused on trying to stop a takedown or catch him out of a clinch with an elbow, something. You've got to mix it up because if you don't, his just his, his overall cage IQ is too high for you to do the same thing over and over and over again. And not expect that he's going to figure it out. And then obviously he's bringing enough pop to hurt these guys. Calvin is very durable, guys. So even though it doesn't look like Israel throws with a lot of power, even if it's an AK Max Holloway accumulation style of fighting, the fact is he was touching them and touching them and touching them and then he was putting them down and then he almost had them out. So it works. You can't just, you're not just going to walk in and throw caution to the wind and be able to take those punches for five rounds. Calvin almost went out. Like I said, a few more seconds, 10, 20, 30 seconds, and that fight probably ends. So I think that was a tactical mistake on Calvin's part. I think Israel showed great heart, determination, and courage. And his stamina at first, I was like, wait a minute, this guy's already tired. But Calvin was putting a lot of pressure on him. And there were some ebb and flows there. So Kevin, Calvin would win a couple rounds and then, or a round, and then um, Israel come back and win a round. Then Calvin would win a round, then Israel would win. But when it came down to it, when it was all on the line, Israel is the one that put the finishing touches on and almost got him out of there. So I can't, I can't harp on him too much about that. It was a very difficult fight. Hard punches, a lot of punches absorbed. You're going to get tired, but when he needed it, he dug down deep and he did what he needed to do. So, props to him. 
Um, next we have the Holloway Dustin fight. Another barn burner, back to back, great fights. I mean, they really went at it. Max moving up to 155. His cardio looked good, like we had mentioned. I think he probably really should be at 55. He looked great at the weigh-ins. He said his camp was really good. He just looked healthier at 55. But you could see the problem. He just doesn't bring that type of dynamite at 155 that he does at 145. Now, he's not even considered a big puncher at 45, but he's able to wear these guys down with accumulation punches. And even though Dustin got tired, Dustin basically got tired from his own style of fighting. Dustin has this habit of coming out early and throwing a lot of hard punches. And then as the rounds go on, he still throws a lot of hard punches, but generally his punch output goes down. We mentioned this in the pre-fight podcast. The guy throws with power all the time. So there was no way he was going to just hang punch for punch with Max because you can't throw for five rounds with nothing but pure power. You've got to have spots in there where you take breaks and you rest and you move around. However you do it, however you disguise it, that's what you have to do. And I think you saw that in that fight. And the reason I'm mentioning this is not because it just happened in this fight, but it's important going into the Khabib fight. Because there's no, that, that dude sets a pace that is unbelievable. Dustin is going to have a puncher's chance. And I don't want to sound, I don't want that to make it sound like I'm being disparaging of his skills. But what I'm saying is that pace that Khabib or Habib, however you say it, puts on is going to wear him out. Even if Khabib's not able to get him down. Even if he was just stuck to him like glue. With the way that Dustin throws and the amount of power that he throws and he puts everything to every single shot, if he doesn't blast him out of there, that fatigue is going to set in and then Khabib's going to ragdoll him. So does Dustin have a shot? Yes, I actually think he has a better shot than Max Holloway. And we'll break that down when the fight happens. But because Holloway doesn't bring the type of power at 155 to even really threaten Habib, Khabib, he would have just walked right through him. He would have walked right through him and grabbed him and threw him down. With Dustin, he's going to have to be very, very careful because Dustin can turn your lights out. So you're going to have to be very careful, especially when Dustin is fresh and at the beginning of those rounds where he's had a chance to recover and you know he's still throwing with power. He's going to still be throwing with power as long as he can, but it just won't be as many. But he's still dangerous. You know, in MMA, a boxing only takes one, two shots. It can put your lights out. So there's going to be danger there. But I think as the rounds go on, it favors Khabib much more. And I think it'll be safer for him. And, and of course, if he gets it down to the ground, that's his wheelhouse. And even if he doesn't finish Dustin in the first round or finish him in the second round, if he's able to make him defend takedowns, if he's able to get him down and do some ground and pound with the way that Dustin fights and the way that he expends his energy, he will be very, very tired come the, the, the third, fourth, fifth rounds. He'll be exhausted at that point. But I, I think that's a good fight because uh, Dustin does bring power and he does bring good uh, boxing and Khabib isn't known for his boxing even though he dropped McGregor he isn't really known for that and so if anybody said well the vulnerability is you got to catch Khabib then they would say well with Dustin's power if he catches him what happens so in this fight 
Dustin did that exactly what we were talking about. He started really fast, and he tried to get Max out of there in the first round, and you could see automatically after that he, he had started to slow down. Now, he did throw a lot of punches and try to get him out of there, but even if he didn't try to get him out of there, you would have seen this progression anyway. Go back and look at all Dustin's fights. This is usually how it happens. That doesn't mean that he doesn't carry his power late. It doesn't mean that he can't put uh, combination punches together late. It just means that they're they're not coming as fast and furious as they are in the first round to the second round to the third round to the fourth round to the fifth round. And you saw that tonight. Even though I think he won the fight you still could see how that pattern was going. Now, Max, for his part, fought like he always does. I didn't really see a difference in Max, so I can't even really harp on Max's performance. He showed a really good chin because Dustin hit him with everything in the kitchen sink. He never even officially dropped. I mean, he was wobbled all over the place and busted up, but he took it, man, and he kept coming. It's just that he's a volume puncher. And so even though he was touching Dustin and the times it looked like where Dustin was hurt, a lot of that, in my opinion, is fatigue. Because when you get tired, your defense goes. It's hard to lift your hands up. It's hard to move. There's a, They say, you know, uh, fatigue will make a coward out of any man. And that's true. And so with Max's pace, that was always going to be a problem for Dustin. If he got tired, throws a lot of punches. Not only that, but he was rocking Max. So, you know, he was putting everything he had in trying to finish him. And Max was just so tough that he was able to absorb it, survive, and then come back with his own punches. That made it the rounds semi-competitive. But I thought Dustin was a clear winner. On social media, I actually had people saying that they thought Max won. I don't see it. Like, were, were there rounds where Max was having a great round and then Dustin came back and stunned him? Yeah, and I think you have to give that round to Dustin. I don't see how you can give the round to the guy that got rocked. It just, it, that defies logic. Even if he's doing great work for three minutes, if the other guy comes back and bombs you and drops you or bombs you and rocks you or you're, you know, jelly legs, spaghetti legs all over the place, the optics tell you that the judges probably gave him that round. And most of the fans watching probably did. It's human nature. Like this guy's just getting rocked and he almost got knocked out or he almost got dropped. So, I mean, I don't really see the controversy here of people thinking that Max won. Some other people were th thought that Dustin won, but it was too wide. I mean, you score this round by round. And I, I say I think a lot of people are focusing on what Max did well because he did do well with volume in a lot of those rounds. But they're neglecting the fact that he was hurt in a lot of those rounds. So I think that's where you're getting the discrepancy. And I understand it from both sides. In all honesty, like, if you're on Max or you bet Max or you like Max or, you know, you're looking at this fight, you're going, he's controlling X amount of minutes of the round. Yeah, he got hurt, but he did all this good work up until that point. And on the flip side, if you're looking at the Dustin, you're going, yeah, Max was touching him, but he wasn't hurting him. He was just touching him. And as soon as Dustin touched him, he rocked him, he cut him, he hurt him. So you can see it on both sides. I personally believe Dustin won the fight, so I don't think there's a lot of controversy going there. And even if you want to talk about the scorecards, I think the scorecards were pretty much on. I don't know if you could go a, a, a round difference. If that even makes a difference, he still wins the fight. I just think that Max at 55 is probably better for his health, probably better for the way he feels. And he looked like his stamina was fine. We mentioned this going in. I didn't think he would be sluggish. 
but the problem is that punching power, and that is going to be a problem because he's he's not a grappler per se. He doesn't shoot double A's. He's not trying to single leg you and trip you and take you down. So he's going to be standing toe-to-toe with these guys. And not only do you have the power deficiency on his side, it's also you've got to absorb the power from these guys. And believe me, they're not 155 pounds on fight night. So these guys are big, man, and they're punching very hard. So I think we're going to see Max go back down to 145. I said if he beat Dustin and he beat uh, Khabib, then of course I thought he would stay at 55 because he'd be the champ. He'd have both belts, and he could choose which one to defend. And, of course, he would stay at 55 because it's an easier cut and it's healthier for him. But now that he's lost, I don't think he has any other option but to go back down to 145 and defend. And I think that's where his legacy lies until he loses. Once he loses the belt, I expect that he'll move back up to 155. I just don't see any other way he can do it. He can't give up the belt, man. He can't give up the belt. You gotta go to you gotta go defend it at 45 and still say, you know, I'm the champ at 45 and I'm gonna hang down here for as long as I can. And not only that, but his style is more effective like that. We've talked about it. I said, you know, the guy eats a lot of punches, but he's able to do that at 45. And I even still said, how long can he do it? That's always my thing, right? You can only do it for so long, your body's gonna give up at some point. So even at 45, it was concerned for me that. You eat a lot of punches. Now, they weren't rocking him like they were tonight, and he's usually able to overcome and wear his opponents down, but you can see it's the same style. So he's got to go back to 45 unless he adds some new wrinkle to his game because the face first, you know, the zombie, the Nick Diaz, the Nate Diaz style of just walking forward and slapping your opponent with 450,000 punches until they fall down from fatigue didn't work tonight at 155 pounds, even against a fatigued opponent. Dustin got tired. Max was able to land combination punches on him when he got tired. So what was the difference? Dustin's a big boy. He's used to fighting these bigger guys now at 55. He's been in some thunderous wars with big punchers. And and we talked about this going in where everyone said he was chinny. You know, that that Max would be able to hit him and knock him down and just finish him because he was chinny. But they're not realizing how big of these guys they are when they weigh in at 55, but they're coming in at freaking 170 pounds. So he was in with big boys and trading and going to war with big, big boys. And so I think Max found that out tonight that even though he was able to touch Dustin, it wasn't getting the same effect. And when Dustin t- touched him, it wasn't the same effect that he felt at 45. He was actually busted up. He was actually wobbled. He was actually under duress, where at 45, that's usually not the case. He still had his antics where he smiled and waved Dustin on. There's no questioning the guy's heart. Even his durability is tough. It's tough as nails. But how long can you do that? So if you're going to do that and you're not going to switch up your style, then you need to go back to 45 where it's worked for you for sure. Because you can't, even if he would have got through that fight tonight, you can't fight like that and absorb that kind of damage and punishment and be rocked that many times throughout a fight over and over again and expect that you're going to have a very long career. Especially with the medical issues that Max has had in the past. I mean, we don't even want to go down that road. So it's dangerous at 45 to fight the way that he does. But I don't think it's it's even possible to have a long career at, at 55 or, God forbid, a, a higher weight than that 
fighting that face first style with basically no defense relying on your chin your toughness your grit and just walking everybody down and eating everything they throw and go you know my will my cardio my determination will wear you down and I'll get you so I think he's I don't I don't think he's gonna have a long road back unless there's some lingering effects from this beating but I think at 45 he's he's still probably gonna be able to get away with it until he's not and I know that can kind of sound stupid like well of course he's gonna keep doing it until he can't but what I'm saying is the clock is ticking guys this fight took a little bit more out of him probably a lot more and then when he goes back to 45 and he fights the same way even the Ortega fight that he looked great in and dominate that took something out of him man he takes a lot of punches so when you take a lot of punches like that the the sand in the hourglass is it's falling out of there and you only have so much sand and there's no putting any sand back in the glass so it's something that he's going to have to face. This is the style that he likes. This is the style that he developed. This is the style he perfected. And it just didn't work against the bigger guy tonight. And even though they fought at the same weight before, I consider Dustin the bigger guy. They're saying he's even having trouble making 155 pounds now. So I do consider him the bigger guy. He was certainly the bigger puncher. And I think he showed his own durability against Max that maybe he wouldn't have been able to do at 45. You know, had he got tired... At 45 against Max in this type of fight, maybe Max gets him out of there because Max is more effective that way at 45 and he's more efficient with the punches he can absorb as well. Where at 55, it was like a whole different ball game. When Dustin was hitting him, he was moving him. When Max was hitting him, Dustin was just like, okay, you know, yeah, they're hitting me, but okay. His biggest dangers are when he was fatigued. And like I said, look at that going forward. Because I am going to say, obviously, with his boxing skills and his punching power and his movement and that type of things, he de you definitely can't count him out against Khabib. You can't count him out 100%. You saw Michael uh, Johnson have a little bit of success against Khabib. Most people say that Johnson rocked him. I believe it was with the right hand. And we spoke all about that going into the counter fight as well. But... You, you can't just count Dustin out because, you know, you think he's going to fade in three, four, five. I mean, that could be the deciding factor, but he's got that punching power. So I think it's intriguing, just like I thought the two fights tonight had, going into it were going to be intriguing simply because of their styles. The uh, co-main, because I thought Kevin's very, or Kelvin's very, very durable. And once he adds in that wrestling, wow, you know, we're, we're going to get to see the whole gambit of the skills of Israel. Well, we didn't get to necessarily see all of it, but we saw a lot of it. I think Israel answered a lot of questions about his heart too, because he hasn't been in that type of fight and as his cardio as well, going five rounds. And that's going to be good to look at going into the Robert Whitaker fight when you guys want to cap that. And then in the main event, of course, we pretty much knew what Max was going to bring. And we wanted to see if what he brought was able to going to be effective at 155 pounds like it is at 145 pounds. And tonight, it just it just wasn't as effective. I don't think you could take anything away from Max, but I definitely think he needs to go back down to 145. I'm not going to sit here and call for him to change his style because that would just be, be useless. That's not going to happen. He's going to finish his career the way he started it, face first in your face and just punching people until they fall down. So I think that he should definitely go back to 145, defend the belt, and then just keep that rain, man. Keep going as long as you can. 
and keep defending each new young gun that they bring up until you lose. And then once you lose, yeah, definitely. Because it's not an easy cut for him. So, in my opinion, his team would say, as soon as you lose, move up to 155. And then who knows what's going on at 55 if he defends three more times at 45 or four more times or two more times. Who knows? I mean, anything could happen at 55. And certainly... He's got an exciting style. He's shown his durability. He would right, he'd be right up in the mix at 55. Even if he decided to stay at 55 right now, he would be in the mix. It just makes no sense when the champ, you're the champ at 45, lost your first fight at 155 to stay at 155. So Max is going to go back down. He's going to defend his title at 45. We're going to have Israel fighting Robert Whitaker, and then we're going to have Dustin fighting Khabib. So that's what the landscape looks right now, unless somebody gets in trouble or somebody gets hurt. You know how crazy the UFC is. That's it for this episode of Fight Junkie. I will sock it to you tomorrow, baby. Fight Junkie out.